0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah. And um, so much for that. It's time for the break on DallasCowboys.com.
1: We were on the break
0: with Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: Welcome back to the break. I hope everyone had a very merry, merry Christmas. How are you guys doing?
2: Awesome, extremely well. Awesome.
1: Dave is trying to get back into town. Is he really? I don't know. Maybe. He
3: says he
2: is, but I, I think I don't he's know.
3: gonna make it. You think?
2: Yeah. Obviously. Obviously not. Well, maybe. <laughs> I think he's gonna make it by the end of the show. Oh, okay. Some, we have had some weather issues here in, in Dallas. Was- a little bit. It's sunny. No, it isn't. Anyways. Anyway, pra- they practice it's outside a on <laughs> yeah. Why they moved it indoors today because of the clouds? Of the um, expected rain and the rain that we've already had, that made it we slick, know
1: how field. important weather is. Uh, to all Derek. I know is
3: Dave yes. better have, you better have my gumbo, or we're gonna have a problem. Tiny Jim,
1: good I'm, luck with that that one in a while, but <laughs> tiny Jim, this isn't news anymore. The Cowboys are officially in the playoffs, and we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about the game. It's been a few days now, but I wanted to start off with just getting an an overall opinion of what you saw on Sunday and what were some of the things that you took away from that game despite the win there's still some uh, room for improvement on the offense and and so just give me your thoughts Derek let's start with you.
3: Oh man Um, I don't know I I, honestly I didn't take a whole lot from that game they did exactly what I expected they would the the score actually ended up being closer than what the game really was I thought Uh, personally I thought you know obviously that they scored their with, what was that, four or so minutes left? Is mm-hmm. that Even less than that? It was right at two. Right at two. But, I mean, I, I think, honestly, to me, it was the Cowboys pretty much dom- dominated that game. Um, so I, I wasn't, or at least defensively, dominated that game. Yeah. We can talk about the offense, but, I mean, that's kind of what we've seen from the offense all season. They do just enough, right? And so, um, so I didn't really take much away from that game other than the Cowboys, as a team, went out in a game where they needed to go ahead and close it out. And they went ahead and closed it out, and so for that you say great, you know. Yeah, I agree.
2: I mean, you know, the playoffs are a big house. They walked right in the front door. You know, they didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I like that. Well, they didn't have to do you know back into anything, side door, got help from anyone else. They 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 went out. They won the game. Uh, I you know I I don't know if it was as one sided as you kind of made it sound. I thought. You know, without that fumble that was a gift by the Bucs to just drop the ball and and, and Gregory picked it up. And Gregory really did a nice job of realizing that the offense isn't going to score a touchdown from the 17. So let's bat it forward a little bit to get it to the four, then get it, and then we can score. We do have to throw it to Noah Brown first, and then we'll throw it to a, a more accomplished receiver and get a touchdown. I thought the offense struggled like you said but but that's what they that's that's what this team is. Yeah. That game right there that exactly offense right. a little bit here and there. They're going to show some flashes. We're going to lean on the defense and the special teams, you know, the special teams player of the week Brett Maher again. Uh we're going to lean on them and get into the playoffs. Now we'll see what happens from there.
1: And we've keep talking about how good the defense is. Clearly they they proved so last week and now some of the things that they need to fix, and we talk about the red zone, and some of the things that we saw there, uh, and we knew by the reports that Dave gave us uh, how bad this defense uh, they were. Yeah, Tampa. How about, how bad the Tampa defense was in the red zone? And when you see the struggles that the Cowboys still had, and they only got that st- uh, the run when Dak went in.
2: Yeah, well, it two out of three. Yeah, two, three times still in there they still, two still struggling.
1: Now, do you expect this to be something that they could possibly fix in the next few weeks?
2: I mean, it's just going to come down to you know maybe a few plays here and there. Like I don't think they fix anything this week. I mean, if there is a new play, uh, something that that they they seen on tape that they think they can score uh, in, in there, I don't think you you show up for this week. But it's something that you can work on um, for the, for the playoff game. I mean. Yeah, I think it can be fixed. I mean, uh, nothing's going to be fixed at this point. You just need to have a good game in the playoffs. I mean, I think if they went three for three against Seattle or Minnesota in the playoffs, you wouldn't call it a fixed red zone, but it was good enough to to get in and win. So I don't know if you can fix anything at this point. You just got to be good on the day that you, you need them to be good, which is January probably 6th or 5th, 5th or 6th.
1: Yeah. Derek, you always talk about the defense and how they can win you games, they can win you Super Bowls, and all of that good stuff. Now, do you expect this to be enough for the Cowboys to win this next playoff game and take it further down the road? Honestly, what's the team they have right now?
3: Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't know if their defense is is good enough to carry the whole load. I think their defense is good enough that if the offense can give them a little bit of support, that they can win. Um, what we saw the other day, that was a, that was a little bit of support. I think they're going to need a little bit more support than that in order to beat some of these playoff teams. Because if you look at the NFL and what's happened down the stretch here, a lot of these teams have good defenses. So it's not like the Cowboys are the only team with a good defense. Chicago has a really, really good defense. New Orleans has a good defense. They're playing good defense right now. Um, Seattle's playing good defense right now. So, the Cowboys aren't the only team in the in the NFC even that has a good defense. The problem is that when you look at a team like New Orleans, uh, New Orleans is not only playing good defense, but obviously have one of the best quarterbacks. Definitely, in my opinion, the NFC the best quarterback left in the NFC in the playoffs. Um, and they have an offense that can put up points. Um, they've been they've been a little bit shaky here down the stretch, but you don't certainly don't want to count them out because they have so many playmakers on offense. So that all being said, I think the Cowboys have. A good enough defense that if the offense can be a little bit better, particularly in the red zone, like you talked about, if they can get that part um, to a point where it's it's more functional, as Nick said, and maybe not fixed, but at least more functional, I think they have a good shot because the defense is a legitimate defense. If not, though, if the offense can't score some more points for them, um, if they can't get them to that 20 range consistently throughout the playoffs, then I don't, I don't think they're going to win very many 13-10 games in the playoffs. Uh, I think there'll be a little more scoring than that because these teams are are pretty good. So um, I think that's really what it's going to come down to is can the offense give them enough support that they can then close it out.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, Right now, the Cowboys have two possible opponents, Minnesota and then Seattle. Mm-hmm. Which of these two teams would you guys rather see the Cowboys <laughs> face? <laughs> or who are you expecting out of those two for them to face? I, I,
2: I'll answer that part. That's easier than to answer the expecting. I, I expect it to be Seattle because I expect a playoff team like Seattle to beat the Cardinals um, who I believe the Cardinals are fighting for the for the number one overall pick, <laughs> fighting, fighting like I yeah. <laughs> so, um, Seattle needs to win to to be the fifth seed, and and you know Arizona needs to lose I think to be the number one overall pick. All the cards are kind of you know aligned for that to happen. I don't think the Cardinals are good enough to win. I, so I think it's going to be Seattle. The they have to lose that game. Would
1: that be the better match for the Cowboys? Okay,
2: that's a that's a tougher question. Um. I think,
3: well, all things considered, here's the thing, because there is a there is a legitimate chance that the Vikings are not in the playoffs and they're replaced by the, the Eagles. Basically, those are the three teams mm. that are left kind of now fighting. Seattle's already locked up, actually, so it's really two teams. It's Minnesota right. and Philly. And Minnesota has to play Chicago, which, by the way, if Chicago wins and the Rams lose, they can get a bye. So they got something to play for this weekend. This is not going to be a situation where they're going to right. sit everybody. That being said, if they can beat Minnesota and Philly wins against Washington, which, again, is very possible, mm-hmm. now you've got a situation where Philly jumps into that sixth spot. And if you're asking me who would I prefer the Cowboys to play between Philly and Seattle or Philly hold and, on, and oh, Minnesota? Hold on.
2: Not to cut you off. Philadelphia cannot me. play the Cowboys this weekend. Philadelphia cannot be a team to face the Cowboys in week one. They will not be the five. True. Yeah. So I'm just saying that doesn't matter. They will not play Philadelphia unless it's the NFC Championship game.
3: Correct. Correct. Now, But that's also the other thing, too, is who do you want to see in that sixth spot? And I, that's what I was getting around to. It's not necessarily Sorry. just – I was taking her question and kind of going a little deeper. Okay, I,
2: I, but, but, but fans are asking that they don't want to face the Eagles. I'm like, you don't have to. Unless yes, it's a championship game.
3: but but I do want – I do prefer to see the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs because I do think they have a better shot of beating Chicago, maybe the Rams, the and point. I'd rather, I'd rather have – them out. And, I, and, and the thing <laughs> Let about it is – them do your job. <laughs> but not only that, that's one of the Deep teams shot that – Keeps you out of New Orleans. Yeah, and yeah. if you win, if you keep winning – then that means that if you face the Philadelphia Eagles, I know we're way out, way ahead, but you would actually get a home NFC championship game. So I don't think Minnesota has the ability to run the table on that side of the bracket. I do think Philadelphia could because Philadelphia is heating up at the right time of the year and we're starting to see shades of what they were last year when they went all the way to the Super Bowl. So if you're asking asking from that standpoint, yes, I'd rather see the Cowboys face Minnesota in the first round because I think Seattle is looking really good right now but i think that that's probably far-fetched i think nick's right i think seattle wins this weekend so it's all moot point and i think seattle ends up being the team the cowboys play and then i want to see philadelphia jump into if spot. it comes down to quarterback i mean i think you know they've beaten Kirk cousins a lot um for some
2: reason they, they kind of they seem like they've got his number um more so than russell wilson and russell wilson would be more dangerous uh <laughs> quarterback Good job, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Uh, more dangerous quarterback to face, probably the most dangerous quarterback. Weren't you know, saying after team, the
1: game that you would rather see Seattle, like that, going up against the Cowboys, playing against them?
2: I think that that yes, after the game, yeah. Philadelphia was still sort of in play at that right. point, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'd rather see Seattle yeah. than Philadelphia. I just right. don't like, and, and that's why I think Chicago six versus three. If Chicago's the three, and and, and the Vikings are the six. I think that's that's important. I think the Vikings could could go win that game. What'll be weird is that Minnesota plays them at home this week. Would have to win. Seattle will have to lose. Then they would have to play again. And also, let's let's throw this part out. Philadelphia could lose to the Redskins, at on the road, and then Minnesota gets in, even if they regardless, lose, yeah. even if they lose. So they could be the six facing the three. Do you know the
3: time of those games is that all? Nah. I, I know the night
2: game. I just I know I know, I know you know week seventeen they put every game at noon and then they make and the then they make changes and I know the Cowboys haven't changed. Uh, yeah. I
3: know that the AFC, the two AFC teams, AFC South teams, uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis are playing the night game, and I know <laughs> I know Seattle's in the afternoon. Rated I don't know cluster. about the Washington <laughs> Washington Philly game, and I don't know about the Chicago Minnesota game. So I don't either. Um, I,
2: I'm still expecting it to be Seattle. But you know, it, it, I think the Vikings, if they get in, they you know they got two good receivers. They got Kirk Cousins. They can throw the ball around. He hasn't had a lot of success against Dallas. And I think that the the defense with Mike Zimmer coming in here that would be kind of scary. You know, you you do have some some former Cowboy coaches that are sitting there that you're probably going to face at some point in the playoffs. You know, with you got Wade Phillips at the Rams. You got Sean Payton, uh, obviously with the Saints. And so it'll be interesting to see.
1: Now, a lot of talk uh, about this following week, about this weekend, going against the Giants. Who's going to play? Should the Cowboys play their, their starters? And what's going to happen there? Zeke, when he talked about uh, about it after the game, he basically said, no, we need to go out there. You know, we're going to keep playing and we all need to play. This is. It doesn't mean anything that we got in the playoffs. We still have things to prove, blah, blah, blah. Things to work on. Now there is a big debate going on as far as who you should play and who you should sit we have well they have several injured players that Mm. probably would be good to sit out now i want to get your opinions on this topic and and what you would rather see happening this weekend as far as who's going to be available on the field and who to sit out
2: um yeah i've heard a lot of fans Basically, call this a fourth preseason game, and say, you know, sit everyone. That um, that doesn't work that way. Your roster is not ninety players. Your roster is fifty three players. You only play forty six. You can't really do that across the board. Um, I, I thought it was Nate that said it after the game uh, in the show on Monday morning, uh, the joint show that they did in here, and and um, he said, you know, a case by case basis. When and I agree with that. You know, I, I don't think you can say now if you get if, if too many cases are made on your offensive line. Like Tyron Smith out, Zach Martin well, out. Well, that's the
1: thing. We talk about the domino effect. There like, you go. It, it keeps right. carrying.
2: So that that would change the case for yeah. Dak Prescott if you've changed and all that. I, I I think this is more like a third preseason game for me, a dress rehearsal game. Mm-hmm. I think you go out there, you, the starters play, the healthy ones. We'll talk about who practiced today and who, who may not be in that boat. But the healthy ones go out there, play, and, and you know, a quarter or two or something, and then – Pull them out if, if, if you can, or pull some of them out, and then they all can't come out. You, can't, you don't have that many backup spots.
3: Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is how does – because Garrett even said it this morning on his press conference. He said, you know, if uh, we think all the, all of our healthy guys are going to play. Well, my question becomes, what do you define as healthy? Mm-hmm. Because Tyron Smith, although he's playing, I don't know that anybody would call him completely healthy. So what's that 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 marker that lets you say, yeah, this guy is healthy enough to play? Or not, because I think it should be different. I don't know that it is for Jason because he hasn't confirmed that, but I think it should be different uh, depending on like this week's game versus next week's game. What you call healthy this week may not be what you call healthy next week, right? When it's a playoff type atmosphere. So, um, that all being said, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I agree with Nick. I think you play everybody for a little bit. Um, But for a guy like Tyron, for guys like Zach that are, you know, banged up and have some significant issues i would i personally wouldn't play them at all i give them a week of being able to mend like a week basically that would give them two weeks of not having to get hit at all not having to get torque on their bodies Mm -hmm. at all because to me those guys playing at an optimal level changes the trajectory of your team dramatically i would even consider something like that for for uh, zeke because i know i mean this year it seems like zeke Mm -hmm. is he's playing through a lot more than he does in in past years and he just he just looks to me like he could use some time. Yep. And you give a running back like him two weeks, he'll be a lot more spry than he is right now. And I want that going into mm-hmm. the playoffs. So for me, I look at it as an opportunity to see some of my young guys, but also to give these vets that I think are, are a little bit more banged up, give them two weeks to be able to rest. Yeah,
2: I think, you know, looking at your key players, if this was me, uh, I would go Zach Martin zero quarters um because he i would put him out he didn't practice today and um uh, he's been dealing with that knee injury back and forth I, I would go zero for him tyron smith one zeke one quarter yep and Dak. Can we go series cooper two two quarters all right uh I, probably a, a half but uh i would probably just go one quarter for zeke and um and, and you know I, I know this doesn't sound like a big deal but i mean i really think jason garrett W- wants to win this game for for some momentum you know even building into the playoffs it. and you know nine and seven you know that's the same as what they were last year they didn't make the playoffs this year they did 10 and six nine and seven you know just just in the nfl scope of Double what's digit. a good year it, it's a it's a better year and that stuff will be used against him later on when he didn't well he didn't finish he's only finished with 10 wins like twice and it's important to win you don't want to go nine and seven when Philadelphia goes nine and seven and you get in on on tie break you want to go ten unless and six. so I, I think huh <laughs> unless
3: you win the Super Bowl oh, it's, yeah, okay. It, it's okay then nothing matters okay
2: no I, I just think it, it matters kind of to people more than they think about it. keep this thing going get get hot going into the playoffs and, and win uh without jeopardizing some guys that are really hurt
1: now, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking about the Cowboys and what's going on this week, the injured players and all of that stuff. Also, send us your questions on Twitter, at Cowboys Break, and we'll try to hit them up as well. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports
3: I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just get the live sports you love
0: try direct tv now for ten dollars a month for three months visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV direct tv now more for your thing that's our thing use code RealDeal. limited time price for a little little package after three months renews monthly at full price currently minimum forty dollars unless canceled prices may change new subscribers only cancel anytime content varies by package and may be limited restrictions apply
4: you want the most interesting up to the minute dallas cowboys news straight from the star in frisco how about exclusive and on command that's right news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else with our exclusive cowboys content on alexa you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk extra
0: When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeerdealer.comslash football. Back to talking Cowboys.
1: Back to the break. (laughs) Get it right. (laughs) Welcome back to the break. Not talking Cowboys. Um... Yeah, we we'll, we were talking about some of the injured players. You mentioned Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, some of those guys. Now, Tyron Crawford he suffered a pretty pretty nasty injury during the game. Uh, Looked I like think, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, the it, way it went down.
2: Yeah. And, and remember, and this and we've seen this before, and and this is something that that makes perfect sense for for the all teams and to do, but. When any type of neck injury like that, it, it looks really bad because it will look bad. They're going to take the face mask off. They're not going to do anything, you know, to, to jeopardize uh, a, a further injury here. They're going to take every precautionary measure possible. Um, you know, he was moving around at the end of the game, moving his neck, left left uh, to go home uh, before the end of the game. So he, he was in good spirits. He's fine. Um, I, I think he's going to be ready to play against the um, – in the playoff game. He wouldn't play this week. Did not, wasn't there, did not practice. He was one of the five players, uh, I believe five players that did not practice today. Uh, David Irving obviously wasn't there. Didn't see him. Uh, Anthony Brown, but looked pretty close. Anthony Brown looked like, you know, moving around with a back injury. Looks
3: pretty good. To the side. huh? Working to the side, working
2: to the side, but with helmet on. So it looks pretty good. Zach Martin was not there. Uh, Makes me think Zach Martin's not going to play this week. I just, why would you know this? Right, is, this right. is one point where, yeah, you, yeah. where you wouldn't, and um, and you see a big difference with him. Tampa Bay game goes out there; they they play better. Indianapolis, he wasn't there; they really struggled. He's he's a difference maker uh, mm-hmm. on that offensive line. I don't know if you call him the MVP, but he's very valuable. He's an All Pro multi times. Like that's that's yeah. five five years in a row.
3: Yeah, I mean that's you're talking what about you one think? of the best in the league. One if the not the best in the league. In yeah. the league so yeah. which is
2: what it I think you made a good point a few minutes ago about. Those are the type of guys that change what you're trying to do. Uh, And if they're not 100%, then then you need to get them at 100% when the game game matters the most.
1: Now, we kept talking about how Tyron Crawford, he's had a really good season and the things that he's able to do on the defensive line that not many people notice that much, but he's a key player to that line, and he can do multiple things. He can play for you at different spots. And when he came out of the game, we were able to see – to keep seeing the line perform very well. Now, I wanted to make note of... Randy Gregory and the things that he has been able to accomplish so far, which sometimes, a lot of the times, he's thought being market. called for I mean, <laughs> penalties or up and down, up and down. But then he comes back and gives you something. So he makes it pretty balanced for you, but regardless. <laughs> Not
3: necessarily a good thing, but hey, you know, whatever. But
1: at least last game, it paid off. It, yeah. it doesn't always work out that way. Nick but... said he
3: was the MVP of both teams, right? one <laughs> In the first half, I thought he was the MVP for
2: the Cowboys and the Bucks. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> he, the penalties are just really uh, alarming for the, for the, you know, the team, but mainly his penalties. It just, it, you know, it just seems like he just kind of was going along you don't hear much about Gregory and then boom, he's just going to do something. He just, you know, doesn't really maybe have a full understanding of what some of the rules are. Not all the penalties I think have been 100%, you know, good calls, um, but that's that's the league, and the- yeah, and
1: that's that's the other thing when you talk about those calls, which has been happening throughout the whole year, I, just making bad calls. And I was talking to you about this, um, I think sometime during the game or after yeah. when we were headed down to the field. But as far as Randy Gregory goes, with some of those penalties, it's like you can't really fault him it, it, when. Yeah, if he goes um, offsides or whatever, then yeah, that's on him. But when he gets to the quarterback, some of those quarterback hits, it's very debatable, and, and it's tough. It's tough for you to have a clear under- understanding of the things that you're supposed to do, and especially when you're trying to get to the quarterback, the the adrenaline rush and the things and the movement. It's hard to tell some yeah. of the calls that are going to happen there.
3: I think I think you can argue – I think you can argue the validity of the rule itself. I don't think in this last game that un- that unnecessary roughness or roughing the pass or whatever the call was, I don't think that was a bad call based upon the letter of the law. The letter of the rule is you can't drive, you can't land with your body weight on top of the quarterback. Now, I know that, as you said, when guys are going full speed and they're hitting a the quarterback, like... You can question whether that's a good rule. You can question whether that's always possible even for guys to do or not do. But I think according to what the rule says, it says you can't come down on the quarterback with your full body weight. And to me, he came down on the quarterback with his full body weight.
2: I I think the spirit of the rule is to pick up a guy and then drive him into the ground. And I don't think you can't tackle a guy and and lay on and and bring him to the ground without – putting your your weight on him
3: not true not true we've seen I've
2: seen guys this year not okay hold on let me before you you say that this that this is why this thing is is different Randy Gregory weighs 240 pounds Jameis Winston is listed at 237 I think that's very nice for him um I, I don't think that he weighs 237 so so to do to get the guy down like you need to get him down you're not you're you have to tackle him. You have to lift him. Okay. You have to get him
3: to the but ground. Right now you're debating the rule. Okay, I get it. The rule might be a bad rule. My point is that's how they said that they were gonna call it, which not. is if you bring your body weight down on the whether you think you need to or not, mm-hmm. if you bring your body weight down on the quarterback, the rule says that's a penalty.
2: Yeah. I, I thought he I thought he he, he hit the guy and, and he went down and they went down together and yeah, your body weight's gonna go on him. I thought that right. was not exactly what the, the intention of the rule was wasn't the worst call in that drive though I mean the, the one later with you know with Xavier woods I think is, is one of the worst calls that they've had this year against them but um overall penalties are, are an issue and 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 they're and that's the one thing that's setting back that i think this defense is those undisciplined and definitely untimely penalties um and you have to play and you know you have to play to the to um to to what the rules are but you know I don't think Xavier Woods is going to change what he's doing he shouldn't
3: you know no. and yeah. and that's the thing you almost have to in today's NFL when you're coaching your defense you almost have to accept that there are going to be some of those penalties yeah. and that's why again I don't have I don't necessarily have a problem with Randy for that penalty I do think it was again according to the rule I think it was the right call but I think that as a defense, you just have to know there are gonna be sometimes you're gonna get those calls. Same thing with Xavier Wood, you're gonna yeah. get those calls because the league has made it a priority. We're trying to protect quarterbacks, protect receivers that aren't looking like all these things. They've yeah. <laughs> they've now kind of put built this into the game that that's who, that they're, that's their priority. And so if that's the case. You don't want your guys not being aggressive on defense because that's what makes a good defense. Right. So you just have to accept the fact that sometimes those penalties are going to go against you and you just have to suck it up and move on.
2: I kind of feel like it's a guy that just walks into like the zoo, like where the Tigers are and just was just kind of walking around. I'm not really paying attention, you know, and then he gets like mauled and you're like (laughs) a flag comes right. Well, like, you know, why are you defenseless? Well, you know, like I'm a defenseless. Well, get the hell out of the damn cage. Like. I, I'm not trying to discriminate against guys like, like Humphreys, Beasley. They've had a really good career. It's great that you can be in the league and play at 165 pounds, whatever. But I do think that it's kind of a hockey situation that's going on here. Is how the penalty, How the play looked is what determines us to throw. Because you got hit hard and you went flying –
3: you sh- that shouldn't necessarily be... But, but you have to admit that it did look like, and I think on the replay we kind of saw it and said maybe that wasn't the case, but it looked like because of the way his head snapped, it looked like his the crown of, of Xavier's helmet may have hit him in the face mask. Now, I think when we saw it in review again, it looked like, oh, it really didn't actually make contact. But when you saw it in Bang Bang, it looked like because of the way of his head snapped, it right. looked like he got hit in the head. So and that's, a, I, I that's get the other thing. Refs, could have been called, right?
1: Refs are watching it live right. down there, the bank, and right, then right. we the get field. the luxury to watching yeah. it from a top right. and then seeing the replay on TV and seeing how the play actually played but, out. So it's yeah. different. But
2: college football has figured out a way I to make targeting yeah. a reviewable play. Why? Why is the NFL not doing the same thing?
3: You know, honestly, and I know this is there's a lot that would have to be worked out. I really want to get to the day when the NFL has somebody or a group of guys that sit in the press box or sit somewhere else and they're watching this thing on television and they're making the calls from there. Like, Why are we in a day of technology now? Why are we in a day of technology still forcing guys to be standing at field level where you know at field level you can't see everything Mm -hmm. and letting them call a game rather than having a guy that's just focused on the offensive lineman that's watching a screen that can hit a button and when they hit a button somebody on the field can say okay flag goes out there's a penalty here is the penalty that to me is a smarter way of calling games uh, and it's going to be way more accurate than having guys down on the field having to make those kind of and
2: and. If if that play is Mike Evans, if Mike Evans catches that ball over the middle for different reasons, that is not going to be a penalty. Number one, he's a lot taller. So you're not probably – Xavier Woods is not going to hit him in the head. He's going to hit him in the shoulder. Maybe uh, – I'm sure Evans is still going to go down because that was such a forceful hit. Nice hit. But it's yeah. he's not going to – I mean, he was hit like at the 15, and I think he went back to – I mean, Humphreys landed at like around midfield maybe. Like, I mean, it was not that far. But, I mean, he, he went back 10 yards. I don't think you're going to do that, and I think that that's what forced the officials to be like, well, this has got to be a penalty. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy might be dead, so he, it's got to be a penalty. That's that's the thing that, you know, I think hockey re- officials, refs do that on, on what looks bad. What You know, if there's blood, oh, that must be real high, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> it did look bad. <laughs> it, it did look bad because the guy like he got hit like, in the head. It really did look like that. Because he looks like he plays junior high football. That's why. And that's why it's not it's not Xavier Woods' fault. It's no, great yeah, that you're in I the agree, lead, but but like should make calls yeah, but it's because, still, Yeah, it's yeah still I amazing, mean, though. just because Rudy's out here playing <laughs> doesn't mean <laughs> another movie y'all probably haven't seen, but <laughs> <God. Dang. laughs> Rudy and Hoosiers. There's probably nope. like a two pack DVD, nope.
3: Blu-ray you nope. can get.
1: Well, we talked about the Mac.
3: The what that? the Mac. What's the one? All right, that's my point. Is What, cool. what so is the Mac? Stick with your Hoosiers. What's, watch the Mac. What's the Mac? Big it's a Mac. great movie. A really great movie. Go look it up. Return of the Mac.
2: <laughs> Good song. <laughs> All right.
1: Okay, well, we talked about Randy Gregory's penalties, and another guy that has been pretty constant as far as penalty goes is, who would it be? Tyron Smith. Yes, Tyron Smith. Now, what are some of the things that we've been able to see him from the field a few times towards yeah. the end of the game? <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> just, keep, what? just keep holding.
1: Just keep doing what he's doing. I just take every, whatever. I,
2: I mean, it's unfortunate, but I think you kind of, you know. Flozell Adams was a false start machine at left tackle for almost every game, right? He got about one a game. And he was also a five-time Pro Bowler at left tackle. And he was Tyron's better good. than him. Tyron is better than him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he does have to figure out the whole, I mean, because they while he has been blocking, they, they are calling that as a, as a penalty, and, and that's kind of what he's done for years. Which
3: is kind of interesting because this last game, one of those holding calls, his hands were inside. Now, I, I know that they a lot of times you'll hear guys talking about it, that the way it's taught is if your hands get outside and the ref sees your hands outside and the guy's lateral movement is, 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 is limited, then they're going to say, well, that was holding. But if you get your hands inside – which, if you look at offensive line play throughout the league, almost every single play you see the offensive lineman he's trying to get his hands inside, and once he gets inside, he locks in and usually grabs the, the 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 opposing player by their by their jersey or by their their shoulder pads in the front with their hands inside. That's how you play offensive line. So for him to get called for holding on that kind of play, that's what was a little bit weird to me because his hands weren't outside; they were inside, and to me that happens. Um, again, every single yeah. play, and that's how you're taught to play offensive line. That's how you get – that's why guys are, are hand-fighting because they don't want to let that offensive lineman actually lock in inside because you do that, you can't that's get it. off him. Yeah, you can't get off him.
2: I, I think it, it's become a little bit problematic, but, I mean, he's –
1: You're fine with taking it?
2: I mean, it's kind of like the the Gregory thing. I mean, yeah. it, it's just that you have to be able to to, to produce. And, um, you know, you, yeah. It,
1: well, it's be- – I mean – it offsets it on the defensive side because of the way that the defense is playing. It kind of balances it off. But when it comes to the offense, point. the penalties that Tyron gets or Lael, those are big time ones. And that could end up costing Without you a lot. Down, this so, offense
2: doesn't need any setbacks, yeah. especially when they get down there. You're right. And, and so far, they haven't been too bad in the Indianapolis game. They, they, they probably missed the field goal opportunity because of that Uh, was that the indianapolis game Uh, no no it was it was a home game actually i forgot exactly um the the, might have been the the philadelphia game where maher missed a 47 yarder and they had a couple Mm. of plays on tire and that pushed him back but you know he should have had one more because if you can push him back into the 57 to 60 range maher's money you know
1: and we'll talk about him when we come back after this final break we'll talk about mr brett maher and his kicking game
4: Back
2: to the break. At three and five in the middle of the season, the Cowboys obviously made a few adjustments to turn things around. And that's what teams need to do, middle of the season, middle of the game, whatever, adjustments. The middle of the day is not a good time for guys to be making adjustments. You want to be able to, to just be pretty good down there from start to finish, not have to shift things around. Tommy John assures that you won't have to do that. They've got the best underwear in the world. It feels like you've got nothing on. No need for any kind of adjustments. As they say on the website, when you're uncomfortable, we're all uncomfortable. So TommyJohn.com, get 20% off your first order. Get the best underwear in the world.
3: You know, one of our uh, listeners hit me up yesterday on Twitter and was like, my wife got the message. He got the Tommy John for Christmas. I was like, "That's a nice. that's a win. That's a win. Yeah, that's definitely a win. Some
1: people got Tommy John in my family for Did Christmas. They? Oh, you, you they they got up. they got pretty excited. I don't know, <laughs> oh. but but it's good stuff. It's good, stuff, it if, good if stuff. It's very nice material. I'll say that. Very comfortable. Now, before we went on break, we mentioned Brett Maher, a guy that Nick was ready nick. to <laughs> nick. I like that. Nick. <laughs> Was ready to cut last week. Whoa, 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 no, whoa. you started talking about that last week. What? Yes, you did. It's on record. No, we don't need to pull it back. I didn't
2: say to cut the guy.
1: You 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 mentioned it. We and I, then we said, well, who are you gonna bring? Oh, okay, well, we don't know. Well, there's a lot of other guys in the market. Well, blah blah blah. But you did mention that. Now that's not up for debate. I just want to say <laughs> that Brent Maher did win <laughs> NFC special teams. Player of the week, and this has been the second time that he wins that this year. Right. So, <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Does this change your mind? Do you see Brent Maher any differently after him winning this title this week?
2: All right. uh, they got right. They're playing Seattle. They're playing Seattle, and they're down 17 to 16, and they're driving, and they have a 47-yard field goal to win the game. Are you comfortable that he's going to make it? No, I mean that's the thing. Are you
1: comfortable that the offense is going to score six points? Are you comfortable no, no, that, that no, Dak it, is going to make no, see, a I pass? You're not very second. comfortable see, throughout the the game. That's just how it is I, right I, now. I
2: understand. I understand. And, and I, I, I'll go back and I, you know, I challenge you to find that where I said that they need to cut him. I never said that because I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't know who's out there, but I, what I'm saying is he he's on the thin ice. And if he had, if, if he did not play well in this last game, yeah, he was player of the week. Congratulations. If he missed two kicks against Tampa Bay, they probably would have found someone else. He's at that point. I think he's got a little bit more leeway now, especially going into New York, whatever happens there. I don't think they're going to make a change, but there was a time and everyone knows this two or three weeks ago that if he did not pull himself out of this, he was going to be replaced, but yeah. he has no one's comfortable about anything that he's doing, but it is what it is. And. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're not comfortable about anything right now, unless, you, unless you're wearing Tommy John. Unless you're wearing Tommy John, <laughs> then you are comfortable. True. But other than wearing Tommy John, you're not that comfortable.
3: But here's the other thing that I think keeps him, um, keeps him from being replaceable right now. Right now. And that could change next week, but right now. And that is the fact that he's hitting these longer ones. So if he's a little bit shaky, as you said, at that 47-yard mark, I might be a little bit nervous. You just roll him out there for a 60-yarder. Fifty-eight yarder. Which is crazy. I actually feel I actually feel it's more crazy. confident in those because I think Rob said it during the game this last week. Those those aren't pressure kicks. Like if you miss it, no one cares. Like everybody's like, well, it's a fifty-eight yarder. It's a sixty-two yarder. It is what it is. Now, if it's for the game, if it's to win the game, then that's a little bit different. But if it's just you know at the end of the half and you're just taking a shot because that's yeah. all you can do. Yes. I feel like he'll go out and nail that okay. kick regularly. I, I, I don't. Even, I don't feel nearly as as nervous about that as I would a okay. forty five yarder. I agree in the middle at the end of the half, but I don't
2: think if you're sitting at the forty one yard line with you know twelve minutes to go in the second quarter and he and, and you're you're at home and you have a chance for a fifty eight fifty nine yard field goal, uh, I don't like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't try that, even though I know he can make yeah. it. Yeah. Because the ball will be right there at midfield. Percentages for the,
3: say that's end. not a smart play. Right.
2: So, so while into the half, you have a little, you know, end of half, end of games, you don't have to get as far as other t- kickers might because of his leg. I, I I don't think it changes much in the middle of the game. I don't think you still want to be trying 58-59-yard field goal. How
1: far was the one where he almost missed it this weekend?
2: 59. But it, it was but it was 59. Yeah, and that wasn't, like, right at the end of the half because the Bucks went right. down and scored a touchdown. So... You know, you could make the case there that that you know they made a fifty nine yarder, but would you if you would have punted and pinned him down there, you yeah. probably would have saved four points because I don't know if Tampa drives that whole way. Yeah,
3: I didn't. I actually didn't like the call to go for it at that moment in the game. Like, I was like, I was like, the 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 chance that he doesn't get it is too great to give them the ball where they would have gotten it on a on a day when. I feel like they really didn't have a hard time moving the ball. They were they were bogging down a little bit. I mean, I feel like their offense had some big, had some big board. plays. I would have wanted to force them to drive the entire field because I didn't think they would drive the entire field. So I'm with you. I would have probably tried to you know. It down.
2: It's it, it'll be a case by case basis on each kick where they are. You know, and and if you have to, you know, I, yeah, there's really only Chicago would be the only place you'd have to play where you would really be kind of worried about. Mm-hmm. weather right I mean
3: yeah I mean all the others are and, either indoor or nice weather yeah I mean you know so
2: it'll be interesting to see I mean, I don't think you, you you replace him um but but I you know it's a little sh- shaky but you know give him credit when, when yeah. he's kind of like Dak in the way of as soon as you think that it's not gonna you know, like, okay, this isn't good. Or, you know, then and he kind of comes <laughs> back. Watch, watch this. Watch
1: you this. got
3: a few of those guys, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we're running out of time, but I wanted to make sure we talked about Sean Lee. A few weeks ago, he, he did went back to the game, played a few snaps. Uh, nothing major, nothing remarkable. Then coming back after that game, he showed up once again on the on the practice report with the hamstring. Now, this past weekend, the Cowboys did decide to see, sit him out. And this started raising a lot of questions about his future. Once again, what what is going to happen with him? Have we seen the end of Sean Lee, or do you guys guys expect the Cowboys to throw him back in there at some point before the end of the season? Uh,
2: what Jason Garrett said was the um, injury to Anthony Brown kind of forced it. it did a trickle down effect. Uh, Jordan Lewis had to play more, and maybe they put a little bit, you know. Um, a different special teams guy in there, Darius Jackson, but and I believe that, and I still think there's a chance for Sean Lee to play in a game where you could have that guy as a backup, but I think that that goes to show that he won't be back next year. It, it, it's definitely for that that price. Uh, won't be back as a player next year for that price, and so I just I, I just feel like if you're a healthy scratch. That doesn't that doesn't bode well for you next year when you make you know when they can save I think three or four or five million dollars or something mm-hmm. um, doesn't doesn't you know mean that I think he's going to be on the team next year I mean that's as simple as that if if he's because you you were trying to win the division you need to go out and beat Tampa Bay you need all hands on deck and Sean Lee was healthy enough to play mm-hmm. and didn't I think he's not going to
3: play I think the interesting thing if you go back to last year when they couldn't do anything on defense while he was out if you had that team and you were in that situation, yeah. there is no doubt unless the hamstring was off the bone that he was not playing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Pretty but, much. But this was a situation where they had the flexibility, and this, that's the great thing about where they are right now with these two young linebackers. They have the flexibility to say, well, you know, if Sean isn't 100%, if he's feeling a little something on that hammy, let's just sit him and let's just have him for the playoffs. And if we can use him in the playoffs, I still believe if they—if Sean Lee plays in the playoffs, he'll have at least one play that's like wow that was a great play because i think that's the kind of player sean lee is he's going to give him something and so i think they feel like we'd rather get that something from him in a playoff type scenario because we feel like our other two guys they can handle the load they can do this and they can do it well even without sean so there's no point in even putting him out there if he's sensing a little something's going on with that hamstring just let him sit and hopefully by the time we get to the playoffs he's 100 percent he can go out there and he can give us that one or two plays that may make the difference in the game. Yep. You know.
1: It's so sad to me. It's so sad. Like You're literally losing all those older players that you've had here and just finishing up the whole reconstruction. It yeah, it, it does quickly. happen quickly. Now, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. For Derek Eagleton, Nick and Amber Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio.
3: Radio.